Hello and welcome to the Even Stevens Ranked Podcast, the podcast for all things Even Stevens and some things not related to Even Stevens, I guess, uh, because today we're here talking about the new live action Kim Possible movie. I'm Brittany Butler. I'm Ethan Brim. And yeah. And that <laughs> this, was, this is a movie. This is a not movie. Even Stevens related. Well, it is related, but it's yeah. not Even Stevens. Slightly related, Disney Channel related, and even Steven's actor. She was the voice of Kim Possible, Christy Carlson Romano, of course, mm-hmm. who is our very own Ren Stevens. Yeah. Yeah, and this movie, right? And also, yeah, this is our first time covering a movie. So I was like, how are we going to do this? I don't really think it's ideal to go scene by scene yeah, the way we do be- in a 21 minute episode, especially yeah. since this isn't, you know, even Steven's. So. You know, I just figured I just wrote out some bullet points, some important things that I kind of want to talk about. The good and the bad, things I liked, things I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that sort of thing. How about you? Yeah, uh, I I have a lot of thoughts about it, actually, yeah. surprisingly, since, um, like, as I think we've talked about before, like, I didn't watch Kim Possible a lot when I was No, me kid. either. I mean, admittedly, I, I yeah. didn't either. But I told you, since our Listener Topics holiday special, when we talked about the Kim Possible trailer... I dove the heck into Kim Possible. I watched so many episodes and I got really, really, really excited for the movie. And I'm not going to say that it was a disappointment. I mean, it was (laughs) in a lot of ways, Mm. but I still think that there's a lot of potential, but they didn't fully tap into it really and they yeah sort of mess things up a lot with the direction they decided to go with the athena thing yeah so so yeah so so putting it out there guys this is not a spoiler free conversation Uh, (laughs) and as far as i know yeah we don't really have any sort of outline to go off of just some bullet points here and there so it's just going to be a pretty free-flowing conversation Mm -hmm. uh so yeah i sort of wanted to just address this before we go any further Mm -hmm. you got to preface this with the insane amount of backlash that this movie has received yeah from the minute it was announced right before it was even released then when they announced the cast the crap hit the fan or the slopsky (laughs) hit the fanski as lewis would say put put a david stevens reference in here and every with the internet just went wild about how the cast looks terrible and then from there the hate just didn't stop it just got worse and worse with everything that they released for the movie leading up to the premiere the hate just got worse and worse everyone was just like cancel the movie cancel the movie this is gonna suck blah 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 you're ruining my childhood which is the dumbest thing i've ever heard Mm -hmm. like i understand where they're coming from like where that anger and whatever is is stemming from, I guess. But like we talked about this before, that especially with something like Kim Possible, it was so huge, right? Like it was Disney Channel's most successful show for a long time. You know, we've said that you can't expect it to just stay in a little bottle. Like eventually, especially with this whole reboot thing, they're going to try to revamp it in some way. Mm-hmm. And the more I th- started thinking about it, the more I really actually loved the idea of bringing Kim Possible back especially in live action because having like this awesome teen girl that everyone loved as a cartoon like she was people's idol like as a cartoon character so I think to have her be like an actual live action girl is like a super cool thing I mean I know Disney's on the spree right now with uh, revamping 
animated things into live action. Yeah. Um, I know up but, next is the Proud Family movie, right? Yeah, I know. Everyone's saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I, I really sort of came around to the idea of a Kim Possible one, but mm-hmm. everyone was just so against it so hard for so long that I honestly think that they willed this movie into flopping. Yeah. And I mean, on IMDb, it had what, a 4.4 or something like yeah, that. It has a 4.4 out of 10, which isn't the worst rating ever. I actually have my own movie rating system that I've developed like five years ago. It's a system out of a hundred and it takes into account like, you know, personal taste, script, acting, directing, and each one's allotted like a specific number of points. I gave this movie an 81, which is a B minus. Oh. I will say that this was actually extremely entertaining. Oh yeah. I assumed that the movie was going to be more of a, like an origin story. Yeah. And so, and it kind of started out that way a little oh, bit. Yeah. He, Just she a tiny like, bit. How she got to this position in her life. Yeah. They sort of tried to explain that in one opening sentence. Yeah. A few years ago, I accidentally received a distress call. I was done with my homework, so I answered it. Now, I save the world. (laughs) That's all the exposition we get. That's it. The girl who played uh, Kim, Sadie Stanley, Mm -hmm. she was really good, I thought. And this was her very first acting credit, like major acting credit. Yeah. So, I I mean, mean, also considering that, she did a really good job. Yeah, and she was believable. She didn't go too over the top, but she was really good. I was impressed with her. I'm not expecting a lot from a a DCOM performance, but almost all of the performances were really solid. Even Patton Oswalt at the very beginning. I wanted more of Patton yeah. Oswalt. He was great. And cool thing, if you didn't know, Patton yeah. Oswalt, uh, he voiced mm-hmm. Professor Dementor in the series. And he narrates Adam Goldberg in the Goldbergs. Yeah, it's a weird that was cool. Goldbergs exception thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, my rating, I when I first watched this, I was like pretty excited about it afterwards and I had a good time watching it live. So I gave it a 7.5 after I first watched it. But then I watched it again last night in preparation for this podcast and took notes and stuff. And now I'm down to a 6 out of 10. Okay. I mean, I totally agree. There are a lot of things to like here. I laughed a lot the first time I watched it as well. I, I immediately walked away from it. After my first viewing, thinking that uh, Ron and Shigo were the highlights. Mm-hmm. The tone was a little bit uneven because of how everyone was approaching their characters, right? Yeah. So you have like Sean, who is a literal human cartoon anyway, just <laughs> in everyday life. So He's quirky. So I was like, okay. So he was going full force, you know. I mean, his very first appearance is just, what? Like, you know, he's just, he's just circling into the frame on going crazy with a jetpack and just, you know, really committing to just being off the wall. Mm -hmm. You have that, you know, up against Sadie's Kim, which was a more realistic version of the character, more vulnerable, more grounded. Yeah, grounded. And she's more like she has like a casual approach to the whole thing. And then, of course, then you have like Draken, who's just I loved him. I I love him, too. And and he's great in the cartoon as well. (laughs) And I think Todd Stashwick did a really great job. Do you ever watch Phineas and Ferb? I'm not too familiar. Oh, well, the the main villain is Dr. Doofenshmirtz. This guy, Draken, reminded me of Doofenshmirtz. Just he's just like this bumbling villain who like thinks he's going to have world domination, but 
he just always fails and yeah i mean that's pretty much draken in a nutshell uh yeah. <laughs> throughout the whole series just him and shigo constantly <laughs> trying to come up with a scheme to take over the world and failing due yeah. to kim possible yeah so i mean i thought that was cool and then i really loved shigo when i first watched it i got a lot of laughs out of taylor ortega's performance you know Shigo's just this sarcastic character who almost like hates working with draken but she yeah. still does for whatever reason <laughs> it was good yeah i didn't like her at first when she first came in and broke and, and broke him Through out of the prison. door yeah because i thought she was supposed to be you know this like intense villain and she was doing stuff with her eyebrows and i was like i didn't believe that she was like a villain mm-hmm. but then like the more she had lines i was like man she's getting some really good straight man opportunities mm-hmm. and then the tone of the movie kind of came to fruition more as it went along it had a hard time establishing it right away yeah. especially because you start it with an action scene mm-hmm. and obviously like Patton Oswalt was still given this comedy um, <laughs> my strap is itchy <laughs> it was great I'm, what is it? I'm just an escape pod enthusiast yeah yeah. <laughs> I was like that's a killer line I'm an innocent escape pod enthusiast yeah, it was so good and, and I was like okay well it, it's is it supposed to be funny or is it supposed to be like cheesy action but the action wasn't that good I wasn't sure what direction it was going to go in yeah. it wasn't really an action movie it was more no. so just about Kim and Ron on their first week or so of high school. I couldn't wrap my head around the the premise or the narrative. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's spend 40 minutes on her developing her relationship with this new girl, Athena. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, they cut to the villains, like making up some ambiguous plan. Like, What's going to happen with this? Like, <laughs> So for those of you who, I mean, you've probably seen it, there's a twist about what, like almost like an hour into the movie, right? Mm-hmm. This girl, Athena, Ron and Kim kind of, become friends with she's kind of a loner uh, and then they recruit her to their crime fighting team or whatever and she kind of starts uh outshining kim and people and she becomes popular whereas kim's having a hard time be pop being popular in high school which is also interesting uh, because people pointed out that you know kim isn't popular in high school even though she's this world famous crime fighting teen hero no one is impressed with her at all at school but then athena has like one good fight <laughs> And then suddenly she's literally the most popular person in school. She completely takes over. Everyone wants to be like Athena. Everyone's like playing with bow staffs at school, like trying to do what Athena did in this video that went around. That's kind of weird. Like, I don't, I mean, that's whatever. But I mean, God, I'm I'm trying to, like, I know we don't have a layout, so to speak, but I did just want to get certain things out of the way first. So as far far as the things that I liked about it that I thought were positive things, mm-hmm. I said the cast. I thought the cast was good. Really good, yeah. The cast was fine. I thought everyone was, everyone needs to calm the heck down. Yeah. And that was like the biggest criticism before it came out was the cast, right? Yeah. That was like one of the best parts about it. So mm-hmm. you can't criticize it for that, I don't think. No. Yeah. I think... A lot of the jokes landed like super well. There were some that were really cringy and I was like, why is this here? Why did we just say this? But there weren't a lot though, I thought. No, I I thought the humor didn't really pander like a lot of this newer Disney stuff. The thing with with Draken, how he he was just partying and drinking, like he had like six quarts of milk or something like that. (laughs) I was like laughing so hard. I was like, this is like a, this is like an even Stevens thing for some reason. It was like just kind of subtle. And that was apparently taken from an episode where like Draken drinks a lot of like cocoa moo (laughs) milk or something. I don't know, but I loved it. That was so funny. 
So yeah, that I think was pretty good. And I do think it did a good job at like capturing the overall spirit of the show. Like it, like the movie had a, a bit of a cartoony vibe. Yeah, I, I wrote that too. They did a lot of like that split screen comic book stuff mm-hmm. as like part of the direction, which I kind of liked it. Like the thing with the homeroom, like she, she was doing all this crazy stuff to get to the homeroom, like diving through the vents and yeah. stuff. And she finally whoo, crashes in there and everyone's already in the seat. In the yep. <laughs> I was like, that's really funny. What? I was like, that's such a cartoon thing. Like, I how like, are you here? Yeah, how are you? Like, it, it was such. I mean, if that was like an if this was like okay, this is a live action movie, I'd be like, okay, that's a little like stretching it. But because mm-hmm. like I was understanding the tone of it, it was kind of supposed to be like a cartoony tone, yeah. cartoony humor, um, mm-hmm. like self aware almost. Yeah, like they did that again with like the quick changes. Yeah, and it was really and stuff. yeah the, exactly. It feels like I'm watching a live action version of a cartoon, which mm-hmm. I thought was a compliment. Everyone's complaining about the bad CGI, which, first of all, it's a decom. How many times do we have to say that? It's like everyone was expecting this thing to be like an edgy Marvel movie. I think that might be part of why people don't like it. I think people really didn't know that this was just a Disney Channel original movie. Like, I think they thought this was going to be some sort of theatrical release. Uh, I think a lot of people didn't know when it was coming out either um, mm-hmm. because they thought it was going to be in theaters and like so they didn't see any promotion like that way for it so I, I will say that does affect things if it was in theaters I'd be like yes we're going like they're doing that Are You Afraid of the Dark movie that's coming mm-hmm. out in October and it's theatrical and I was like oh well, okay I'm, that's I'm cool for sure watching that movie in theaters you know what I mean because so, that's like that's like the um, the Hey Arnold Jungle movie exactly as well. yeah like I still haven't got around to watching that and I if, loved Hey Arnold but if it was in theaters I probably would have watched it because mm-hmm. it's just something about that camaraderie like being with a bunch of people who want to see it whereas sitting on the couch recording it watching it when you have time like it doesn't really quite evoke that same nostalgia so I think if I was a fan of Kim Possible if I had found out it was going to be a theatrical movie I feel like my initial reaction would have been better than oh, it's a Disney Channel original movie? Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, whatever. And I think that whole thing worked against it in the ratings as well Mm -hmm. because it's officially the lowest rated DCOM ever as far as live ratings go. That's ridiculous. Um, Well, at least in the last decade. Oh, last um, decade, okay. But it's even lower than the previous lowest rated DCOM, which was Freaky Friday, the (laughs) musical adaptation, which I couldn't even sit through. Uh, That sounds terrible. Yeah, and so it's even lower than that. Freaky Friday got 1.6 and Kim Possible got 1.2. I don't really understand that either. Like, that's why I think it must have been that, like, people just didn't know that it was coming out and that it was because everyone knew like online like this thing has gone viral online like I saw someone quote a tweet of a sneak peek they released and the quoted tweet that this person wrote they were hating on it Mm. and then their hate tweet went viral like a hundred thousand retweets like all this stuff like thousands of comments and the video clip had 3.4 million views right this is before the movie came out right (laughs) this is way before the movie came out at least 3.4 million eyeballs or whatever saw the sneak peek and then only 1.4 1.2 million tuned in to watch it live i just feel like people must not have known when you retweet something that's like okay i agree with this yeah i i I endorse this Mm -hmm. but it's like you haven't even watched it like you know a lot of people didn't even watch it so what are you endorsing exactly i mean yeah it's your childhood 
But this movie is also like them at least acknowledging that your childhood has importance. Yeah. I don't understand that either with the whole like, oh, you're ruining my childhood. Like, especially because with this, it's a completely different thing. Like they're starting a completely different universe, Mm -hmm. clearly because they rewrote so many things. You know, they changed the origin of a lot of different things, which Mm -hmm. I wasn't actually that happy with. But at the same time, I'm just accepting it because it's like we have the Spider-Verse now. Fiction is free to have as many alternate timelines and whatever the heck they want you know yeah like i've seen people comment that they wanted an exact recreation of the cartoon in live action and i'm like that's not always doable anyway like you know so i I feel like there's been kim possible cartoon movies it's a different medium it's really cool to see cartoons in live action form i've always been into that stuff Mm -hmm. i don't like the cheap CGI stuff like the Yogi Bear movie stuff like that <laughs> but yeah. nowadays you can do so much even Rufus I thought looked pretty cool like yeah for like, a decom as well like yeah he did look really good people need to adjust their opinions and mm-hmm. perception is that the right word of this movie based on the fact that it is a decom yeah. like you know I feel like people are holding it at too high of a standard you know I mean we grew up in the 90s pretty much like that's how movies were back then I, I'm not mm-hmm. tripping about I can watch a movie or a show with bad CGI and still enjoy it. Obviously, if, if I'm paying, you know, $13 in the theater to see it, I'm maybe expecting a little bit more. But if I'm watching something on TV, I don't freaking care what the effects No, like. exactly. If it's entertaining, it's entertaining. I still watch movies from the 90s that have terrible effects and it's super entertaining. Yeah, it's so funny because it's like everyone's comparing it to Spy Kids oh. as if that's an insult. I freaking love Spy Kids. But Spy Kids, yeah, Spy Kids was amazing. Yeah. And I, I saw it, I'm pretty sure I saw it twice in theaters when I was a kid. And the effects were not good. No, no. They're literally terrible, but it doesn't matter. It added to the charm of the movie. Yeah. And you can look at stuff that way and appreciate it. Yeah. And first of all, I don't even think the CGI is on the level of Spy Kids in this movie. I think it's better than Spy Kids. Yeah, I mean, that was... Spike is what, 2001 or yeah, something? 2001, yeah, 2001, yeah, I think. Yeah, and Spike has just went overkill with it. Yeah. But I still love Spy Kids to this day, it's like, awesome. especially like um, Island of Lost Dreams, the second one. Yeah. I will watch that whenever it's on TV and I love it. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, everything's terrible. Like, even freaking Shark Boy and freaking Lava Girl, okay? I've never seen that one. <laughs> I mean, the CGI, it's a joke. I mean, the movie's yeah. a literal joke. Yeah. But it's so freaking entertaining because it's such a train wreck. Like, yeah. it's a mess. but it's so much fun and so like i wouldn't even say that this movie is a train wreck like it had like i I, if like there was integrity like i could i felt what they were trying to do but if we're gonna get into the negative things here i think the biggest misstep about this movie was the plot line yeah That's exactly what I said. If anything, it ruined the whole winning recipe that the cartoon had you know this athena thing I don't know if you've seen the Kim Possible movies, the animated ones. No, I haven't seen those. So there's one of the movies, which was the last, it was supposed to be the finale. Mm -hmm. uh, And then they got a fourth season is called uh, So the Drama. This movie is literally the same exact plot. Uh, so the drama. Oh, really? So what they did, the plot of uh, So the Drama, is the same exact thing, except Athena was a love interest for Kim, and it was in the form of this guy named Eric. Oh, okay. Eric 
kind of comes into their school life out of nowhere and you know he starts to hit on Kim and then she goes out with him and then you know they start up this little relationship but all the while like he's trying to get her to be like a little weaker you kind of get the sense that something's off with this guy you know a little bit because he's a little too he comes on too strong you know and then the whole point of that movie as well was Kim's relationship with Eric is forcing Ron to confront his feelings about Kim but even that isn't that great either because Kim and Ron end up together at the end of that movie but Mm. they don't show Kim's thoughts on it at all like we only get Ron's inner dialogue about it Uh, so then by the time they get together at the end it feels really weird this Kim like Ron yeah I know yeah yeah it's suddenly she's just like she kisses him at the dance like okay we're together and then the movie ends I was like what that's bizarre um and it's weird because the whole movie she had this thing going on with this Eric guy so eventually uh, what Dra- It's the same exact plot. So Draken yeah. and Shigo kidnap Eric. And Kim's like, oh my god, they have Eric. I have to rescue him. So she goes to the lair, wherever they're at, to uh, you know, rescue Eric. She sees him. She hugs him. She, the big twist is revealed there. So she's like, oh, Eric. And then he's like, actually, around here, I'm known as Synthodrone 257 yeah, or something. Right. And he, like, shocks her. And she passes out. And he's a robot. <laughs> Um, and he's evil and he's working for Shigo and Draken. That almost makes it seem like if she does go for Ron, that she's only going for Ron because this other guy that she liked ends up being a robot and a bad yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's like an insult to Ron almost, I feel like. Yeah. And it's it's just, it's it's weird. It, it, yeah. The writing, it wasn't really that great when you look back at that. Did you like this new movie better than that one, you think? No, because <laughs> because this is the problem with this one. So the so it's literally the exact same plot. So mm-hmm. I suspected that going into it. I was like, okay. okay. And I also didn't understand why they would do that. This is supposed to be Kim's live action introduction to a new generation, right? Yeah. So they would have benefited from having this be an origin story. It's bizarre they didn't, I think. Yeah, and, and just sort of focusing on... That recipe that worked so well in the cartoon, which was just possible and stoppable, this duo that are like best friends, they do all of this and, you know, we got Rufus and we got Wade and that's like the OG team possible, right? And so instead of focusing on that and setting that whole universe in stone, they decide to shoehorn this Athena character in here. Shoehorn is definitely an understatement. Oh my gosh. It throws a wrench in that whole dynamic that worked so well, right? So because of that... Ron gets shortchanged totally. Like, he literally does nothing in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Genuinely nothing. That is really what pisses me off the most about this, is that because of Athena, that's the whole focus, is is this focus on Kim's undying friendship with Athena. Her relationship with Ron got zero development, really. Like, you don't even really get the sense that they're best friends, especially when there's this one line that pissed me off when she tells Athena, it's like you were born to be my BFF. Yeah. What about freaking Ron Stoppable, who's literally been your best friend (laughs) since, like, pre-K? Like, like you don't get that sense. It's like, it's really annoying. Yeah, so this whole Athena thing, the, the twist, the twist also ruins it because they're trying to send this message about friendship and, like, being a good friend no matter what sort of thing. Mm. But it doesn't work because... Athena is an evil robot whose purpose was to destroy Kim's spirit. As soon as Athena revealed that, number one, she's evil, and number two, she's a robot, Kim should have pieced out 
cut her out of her life, yeah. dropped her like a hot potato. It nullifies everything that the movie is trying oh, yeah. to say. Yeah. Exactly. And so especially like she walks over, she sees that creepy stalker wall of everything they used to yeah. You know, that, to, that was to, actually really creepy, by the way. The way they did that scene was really cool. Super creepy. It. You know, to show that they had been studying her this whole time and that everything had been artificial. So it's like this friendship wasn't even real. Like it was it was only one sided. It was like a one sided mm-hmm. friendship. Kim thought that she was being this girl's friend for a while, whatever. Um, but then Athena, it was totally artificial on her side. She didn't care. Her whole purpose was to not be Kim's friend, to, you yeah. know, to, to ruin her. So for Kim, first of all, she says, I know there's still good in you. What? On what basis? What is she basing that off? Of? She's an evil robot programmed to be evil. That reveal should have sent everything down the toilet. That's what I don't get either, because in So the Drama, which is the same exact plot, mm. Eric, you know, she finds out he's a robot. Eventually, he dies, like he melts and he dies and she gets over it. And like this guy just died. Athena essentially dies, quote unquote, in this movie. Yeah. But then she's still alive. They might as well just kept her dead. And I feel like Disney could have gotten away with that because she's not human. Like, you know what I mean? Like this robot could have exploded and it would have been fine. Yeah. But instead, like they make it be this dramatic moment and also a horrifying moment of her severed head the, and the hand just like and the hand oh my gosh it was creepy i loved it but it was it was definitely surprising for me that it was on the disney very Channel. surprising i thought i was like okay if i think that this is unsettling some children out there are traumatized <laughs> for life by these visuals yeah like kim goes over to reach her hand the hand is just a hand yeah. with wires and stuff hanging out of it and then she's just this severed head with like a metal spinal cord yeah, that was creepy hanging out of it but it's like this dramatic moment of her like holding her head up being like we're gonna fix you up as good as new i'm like kim you want to be best friends with a robot that bad that was literally made to to not be friends with you or to be friends and then betray you i i don't get it i i I think that okay going back real quick let me just touch on this the origins thing i think would have worked because it's proven to work in other things i think it would have been the most risk-free way of going about this uh second of all Okay, as soon as they showed this Athena girl, I turned to my wife and I said, she's going to be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's no other reason this that this character could exist. And just the way that she was like obsessed with Kim. And then they started spending so much time with her. The entire movie just was re- revolving around her relationship with Athena. Mm-hmm. And it was like, where is this going? Why are we spending so much time on this girl? The movie should have been called Athena. Exactly. And <laughs> Athena possible or whatever. And then I was like, this has to be setting up a twist. Why else would they be forcing this character development on us Mm -hmm. uh, unless they were trying to shock us in like a half hour? Mm -hmm. That's the only reason that could have been happening. When it happened, I mean, I I saw it coming. I mean, I I still like the way that they presented it. I thought it was kind of sinister. And then you realize because they spent pretty much the the entire movie focusing on the relationship, the story was there to justify the twist instead of the twist justifying the story. Mm-hmm. You watch it, you see the twist, and, I, and you're like, this entire movie was just a setup for this twist. The best twists make you say, whoa, I was just watching this movie, super entertained, like everything made sense until the twist. But the twist actually made you say, okay, nothing was making sense, and now it does because of this twist. That's not a good twist. But then it still doesn't make sense because but, but, of the twist. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, why are they spending so much time on this girl? Why is there mm-hmm. no plot besides this friendship with this girl? You want a twist that that you don't rely on to make everything make sense. But it's like a, 
it blows your mind. This didn't blow your mind. I yeah. just thought it was poorly conceived. And uh, yeah, the entire movie is just a setup for a twist. And you don't want that. No. And, you know, going back again with like the origin story, they should not have set out to make any movie other than an origin story. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is her introduction to a new generation. They should have given these kids that are watching this a very firm foundation to go off of, right? So this movie should have been a fun, carefree, lighthearted movie with a little heart in there, you know, and the focus should have been Kim and Ron and their friendship. Uh, we should have had Rufus in there. We should have had Wade. We sh- that's That should have been the focus. Mm-hmm. They should have built Kim up as this like amazing put together, uh, you know, near flawless hero, maybe a few little stumbles here and there, but overall just like this girl that everyone would want to be and she's just amazing. Yeah. And then since they clearly want more movies because at the end of this they set up that glaringly obvious sequel. Oh yeah. Then in the second movie they could have done a plot like this. Yep. You know what I mean? Because we would have had more of a foundation. You know, they would they would have built Kim up in the first movie and then tried to break her in the second one. Mm-hmm. Like, that makes more sense to me. It's like they tried to do all of it in one movie and then it didn't really pay off because yeah. it, it was just, it's just too much. Like, and because of that, they compromised so many other things. Like, we didn't get a good enough sense of her friendship with Ron. They don't need a third wheel in there. But they put this third wheel into the movie. And not only that, since they fixed her up, it seems like she's there to stay. Yeah, I, it's bizarre. I, and uh, Here's the thing. Soon, because they didn't make this an origin story, they can't make an origin story now with the same Exactly. Cast. Because exactly. it's like, you know what I mean? You just, you can't. It was like they were trying to put all their eggs in one basket and be like, mm-hmm. we might not get another shot at this. Let's just do everything we want to do. Mm-hmm. Even though they do like allude to a sequel. a sequel, but at the same time, if this was like you know an origin story, the next movie was this plot line. If it didn't work, it didn't work. People are like, okay, at least like I have this origin story, like this prequel mm-hmm. movie. I know something good might happen in the next one, and it'll give mm-hmm. them more of uh, clout to to for the from the network and from the studio to allow them to make a third movie. Yep, which. I don't know. It's, it was it's bizarre, and I enjoyed this movie, but I still don't get why it wasn't. How do they meet Wade? Like how I get I, the Rufus thing was the only thing that was like an origin. Yeah, the Rufus thing actually really upset me a little bit because mm-hmm. out of all the things to change, the new origin for Rufus feels very impersonal. I mean, I feel like they wanted to change the lore of it to try to make it more interesting and then sort of make more sense mm-hmm. in a live action setting because, you know, in the cartoon, Rufus is just a regular pet, but he can talk and he's like super smart and whatever. Yeah. So in order to explain that in live action, they were like, oh, let's have him be a make it mole rat in a lab that they were doing like brain experiments on. So that'll ex- that'll explain, you know, why he's so competent as a whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, like I get that. But at the same time, it kind of ruins the bond that Ron has with Rufus because, you know, in the cartoon, like, yeah, it's not like a super cool origin story. He just buys Rufus at the pet store because his dad is allergic to fur and Ron wanted a pet. So his dad's like, yeah, you can get a pet as long as it's hairless. 
And Ron's like, okay. So he searches on the internet and he's like, hey, a naked mole rat. A naked mole rat was on sale at the Smarty Mart. So we went down and he bought it. There's something really cute about that. Like that Ron would have picked a naked mole rat legally and willingly as his pet. You know, and he bought Rufus as a baby and, you know, and raised Rufus and it's like super cute. And so like Rufus was like raised to be this crime fighting mole rat (laughs) (laughs) since birth. But in this, he just steals him. Like he just he saves Rufus. Yeah, I mean, kind of, but he steals him essentially. Yeah, he's already a grown mole rat. Mm. There's not really that bond there that was there in the cartoon. So then, when it comes time for Rufus to step up to save the day, it's just kind of like, oh, well, he's just saving these people that he's known a few weeks or whatever because it's the right thing to do yeah. <laughs> like instead of being like a genuine member of the team mm-hmm. doing this thing it's just sort of like oh yeah the rat's gonna step up and do something it just didn't feel like yeah that's rufus like it was just kind of like okay and and for a kid watching this we were watching it as as adults you know it's a little bit more transparent but as a kid like that it's not weird you know oh they mm-hmm. div- she's best friends with athena like after 20 minutes yeah it's yeah totally <laughs> Yeah, my the biggest issues here definitely are the disjointed uh, premise. That was the pitch. Okay, here mm-hmm. we go. We got like Kim Possible, and she's starting high school, and she's making friends with this girl. That's the movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> like how? Oh, is and that? there's gonna be a twist. Yeah, there's gonna be a twist. Like, I'm not gonna tell you. And then like, oh, and there'll be some villains, and they want to stop Kim Kim Possible from being good and like getting her spark and like. You know, trying to, it's like, how can you be like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, screw an origin story. That's brilliant. They started this live action universe franchise, whatever, mm-hmm. on such a weird foot, right? Such a strange foot that I don't know how they could ever reverse it. If they possibly could just completely backpedal, try to redeem themselves somehow. But like the more I think about that, the more I'm like, no, they can't. You mean like make the second movie an origin story instead? Or? Yeah, sort of. Or just make the sequel focus on what the first movie should have. Write Athena out of the second movie. Yeah. If they did that, they might have a chance of refocusing it. Fortunately, she was the worst cast member, I think. I mean, I think she she got better as soon as she turned evil. Yeah, um, no, yeah, I agree, actually. Like, I, I totally saw the shift. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, now her acting's pretty good. Like, yeah. as soon as she was like, I was just trying to get your attention and a little credit. I was yeah. like, ooh. I'm like, yeah. suddenly now she's going, like, That's real true. She, was, she got here. better when she got evil. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so, but yeah, the whole thing leading up to that, though, like, oh my gosh, impossible. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, this she's, is really insufferable. Even the jokes, <laughs> they, they tried to have her do some jokes and stuff, and it wasn't believable. That barking moment. Ron? Be the dog you want to see in the world. Thank you. And wolf. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing I'm... Yeah, that's like the first thing that pops in my head. That's the most cringy part. I was like, that movie. was horrible. And and like, they do this thing where they like... Obviously, like, she's like a pretty girl, but they put like the hair in front of her face and make it uh-huh. all jacked up. And it's like, obviously, like she goes in the salon, you're like, okay, obviously... You know, it's that thing like, oh, you take the glasses off and she's pretty. Yep. It's, like, it's like, okay, that's stupid. Like, you, we can see through this. Like you're saying, the backpedaling with the second movie, they would have to backpedal with the same cast, which mm-hmm. would be weird because... 
I mean, yeah. I think so too, but the more I think about it, I'm like, no, maybe it could work. Yeah, I mean, it could. Because really, the only problem is Athena. Yeah. She's she's the she's the main wrench in this whole thing right now. Like and they the whole don't movies about her. Just cut her out of it, and you might be able to salvage this thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's really not that difficult to write her out. Because I was like, <laughs> I tried to think of examples where movies have done that. So first of all, the Lizzie McGuire movie wrote Miranda out of the entire movie with a single line. So, do I look okay? Lizzie, I'm your guy best friend. You should really talk to Miranda about this stuff. But she's in Mexico City. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And they were able to write her out successfully out of that movie. Like, like, the, be- like the best friend. And yeah. then I was thinking about, what was there ever like a sequel that maybe wrote someone out? And then I thought of The Princess Diaries. The whole main love story in that movie was Mia and Michael. Mm-hmm. And then the next movie, they wrote him out in one line, mm-hmm. again, at the very beginning of the movie, as she's writing in her diary. Yeah. How's Michael, you may ask? Well... We're just friends now, as he went off to tour the country with his band. (laughs) Or whatever, and that's it! And then suddenly they start a whole new love story with a different guy. If they did that with Athena, and they were like, okay, she went off on some, like, robot mission. Like, something weird. Like, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do something to get her out of the picture. It's, like, backhanded. She was the entire basis of of the first movie. It's like... It was all. It would make it feel in vain, don't you think? I mean, but they have no choice at this point because no, this plot was such a misstep. Just, it would just be so weird. But, but it's just, weird like, though because I know out. a lot of people love the Princess Diaries too, and they don't even care. Oh yeah, Mia's main love interest was just written out. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay, Athena. She she ruined the whole thing, so it's like just get her out of there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just get her out of there and move on. That's weird. Because also thinking about the cast mm-hmm. i mean i really am i really am pissed off the most about ron you have sean gambroni who is the literal human embodiment of ron stoppable sadie and christy even there's an interview where they were like well what do you want to see happen down the line in more movies and sadie's like well like i'd love to see kim and ron happen because that was so important and whatever and i'm like okay but you set literally no foundation for that to happen yeah. in this first movie like you don't even get the sense that they're that close as friends because they were too busy trying to give kim this this female best friend that didn't that wasn't even it was an artificial friendship like i don't understand like oh it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy right so they set up this whole movie about athena just to have a twist and and ron like i said rufus does more than ron as far as saving the day it's funny that you said Ron didn't do anything. I didn't even realize that because I liked him so much. Because I, I mm-hmm. thought he was so necessary to the enjoyment of the movie that I didn't even really realize that his character didn't do anything productive as far as like being the sidekick. And that's probably mm-hmm. because I'm not as familiar with the show, so I don't really know what his role is. In the, I don't remember what his role is in the show. Yeah, so it's like my mom watched the movie with me again yesterday. Mm. Uh, and she said... I think they took the term sidekick too literally. He's literally just on the side, like doing nothing. (laughs) Um, And he just looks completely incapable of doing anything. Like I said, like in the final battle, he's standing 50 feet away from everyone, just standing Mm. there as if he's physically incapable of helping. Like he's stuck in his tracks. He can't do anything. Even like the, the having her mom and her grandma there. Yep. They didn't even do anything. Like what? It's just like, it's just to like manufacture 
this like fake sense of camaraderie and like uh, yeah. you know good feeling oh yeah it's a mom and a grandma and Ron and they're a team and then you're like <laughs> what do they do though they just are sitting there <laughs> I think they went too hard on trying to like yeah. you know take the idea of Kim Possible and it's like oh strong female so like let's get all the strong females in there yeah. like let's get the Nana involved let's get the mom involved who wasn't a fighter in the series it felt a little pandering for sure. Yeah, so it's like let's get all of them to show up and and do this. And it's like the mother and Nana were they were like kicking butt in the final battle. Like they were beating up Draken and stuff yeah. while Ron was standing fifty feet away oh, that's doing true. nothing. They were, and they I'm were like, kind of stuff, yeah. okay, so we had like Kim, Nana, and the mom doing all the work, and Ron was just standing there. And I'm like, okay, it's it's like they were focusing on like trying to make that a strong possible family female empowerment with, with moment the, with the guy in the background watching yeah it was just and then and then realizing oh oops we didn't give ron anything to do let's just pan to him a few times well, he, and have him yelling things well here's the thing like i actually loved the scene where she goes to visit her grandma and like i thought it was like oh, a yeah really that was cool a great scene, scene. That was and a great then scene. like I, I and it was almost one of those things like they didn't need to bring the grandma back because it kind of like tarnishes that scene if you know not tarnished but you know what i'm saying like, yeah. it kind of takes away from the sentiment and the the, the poignancy behind that scene. Uh, yeah, they definitely didn't need to have all three of them. Well, because that's the thing, too, though, because, again, that's going back to, like, the formula of the show. It was like Kim and Ron never needed anyone else yeah, on their missions. It was yeah. just them. Like, for the most part, like, maybe, like, a person would tag along occasionally. It, they Like, they could have taken that final battle and given Ron something more to do there. Like, they, like they, you know what I mean? Like, Ron I don't know. Ron was useful, I realized, in the sense that he saved Rufus. And Rufus saved them in the end. There you go. That's, like, the only thing I can think of that I was trying. No, I, I know. I thought about that, too. Yeah. But physically, he literally yeah, did nothing. Yeah, like it's he, very he, obvious. He was he dead weight. He was just there. Yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> if anything, all he did was cause problems. Which, I mean, he does do in the series, but usually his clumsiness also ends up saving things, like, inadvertently. But the beginning, he accidentally leans on the self-destruct button, and it's like, okay, I I know she was looking for the self-destruct button anyway, but it's just kind of like, oops, I just did that. And that, that's like all he does. That's all he does the yeah, entire movie. The first was, scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was just accidentally set off a self-destruct button, accidentally have his jetpack fly away so they can't get away with it until they have to like have Wade remote fire it and they latch onto it in that really terrible CGI shot right before it cuts to the opening theme, which the opening theme was awesome, by the way. Oh, yeah. I liked it a lot. Was It, it was it was a new one, right? No, it's the original. It's Christina Milian. Christina Milian. Oh, okay. I guess they went into the vault and they took the vocals uh, from the original. It sounded really remastered or something. Oh, yeah. They remastered it. They okay. added like they, they gave it a more theatrical orchestral yeah. arrangement, made it more intense, whatever. And I really loved it. And like the footage was sort of more or less like a shot for shot recreation of the cartoon opening credits, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Like they had Ron losing his pants and whatever, all yeah. the stuff that happened in the thing, which was fun. But yeah, I mean, they pretty much gave him nothing to do, which got me so mad. That's why I'm saying like for the second movie, they have no choice but to backpedal and develop this character who is supposed to be the co-lead. Like, the co-lead of this movie was Athena. Like, make it about Ron, almost. Maybe he feels like he's unnecessary. Like, they could even, like, make fun and be like, 
that last battle, like I didn't even do anything. Like, I don't know. Like, why do you need me? You know what I mean? She's like, no, I need you. Uh, yeah. I need you. You, you accidentally press the self-destruct button or like something like that. You know, she could kind of <laughs> say stuff like that. And then the whole movie could be about her and Ron. And in that sense, that'd be kind of cool. Right. At this point, they need to just reboot it, and the next movie should be called Ron Stoppable. Like at this point, <laughs> like they did, movie. they did such a disservice cool. to this and character. And then they could have Will Friedle. Oh, that'd be yeah. Sick. I know. I saw someone say that Will Friedle should have made a cameo as like yeah. the manager of Bueno Nacho. Oh, that'd have been cool. That would have totally yeah. fit him too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd have been really cool. You know about um, Ron. You know, I was so excited about that casting when they released it because he's proven to be like a comedic. Like, he's good at comedy. Yeah. And then, like, for specifically Ron Stoppable, mm-hmm. like, Will Friedle's voice for Ron got increasingly more quirky yeah. as the series went on. At some point throughout the series, like, his voice sounds almost exactly like Sean's yeah. voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he looks pretty much exactly like Ron probably would. Yeah. People that aren't familiar with Sean, I've been... um watching some other people's reviews and it's so funny because it is super weird that that is just the way sean talks yeah but it's like people are like there's no way that's his real voice he's got to be putting that on and that's so funny. it's like if you have any doubt though just look it up yeah he was when he was a little kid he talked like that yeah i was like man i watched an interview when i first got into the goldbergs like mm-hmm. season one and I was watching an interview with him and, and it, it's just funny that that's literally how he talks. He almost feels like he's from another generation, you know, mm-hmm. like he feels like maybe he's from the 60s or the 70s yeah. <laughs> or, or around there. And and it's so unique. I'm glad they picked him because I could, couldn't really imagine someone else doing it and making it seem so natural. I think he's really funny. His deliveries are really good. And, and I think part of it is because he's so naturally ha- has that demeanor because i because it's so funny because there were people out there that are like he's the worst choice they could have ever picked for unstoppable and i'm like are you insane like i don't i i can't see it from that perspective at all like as soon as they announced that casting i was sold i was like okay this movie might actually be pretty good like i think that the casting directors for this movie did a really i'm impressed with what they did especially mm -hmm. like i mean obviously pat oswald played a voice in the Mm -hmm. in the show but the guy, uh, what was the name who played who played Doctor Dragon? Todd Stashwick. He did really good. I never heard of him before. Um, the girl played Kim. I liked her a lot. Even the teacher, the guy, the cat guy, I liked him a oh, lot. Yeah, Mr. Barkin. Speaking of that, one of the best moments there, the teacher's like purring at the cat picture. Yeah. And Ron's just like, uh, stop. stop. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, that like, was great. I was like, like in that voice, he's, he's, I was like, that was perfect. And if anyone else said that, like. Like a child, I, I can't imagine another child actor saying that so convincingly. Yeah. I think he's really talented. Speaking of, I, I just want to say the theme song. Okay. So I, mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't watch this show a ton. I knew every word of that theme song just because they played it all the time in promotional oh, yeah. rotation. My wife was singing along to, we were singing the theme song. The only reason I know every word of that song is because they used to play it nonstop when an episode would come on i'd watch like the first few minutes and then the theme song yeah. and turn it off because i like i really liked song. the theme it's song really it's theme so song. good yeah kim possible theme song might be my favorite i like the proud family theme song too yeah that's good fill of feature theme songs trash no <laughs> no yeah but i mean yeah the kim possible one like it just it gets you going <laughs> Yeah, it's super good. And I, li- I always like Christina Milian. I think she's she's a good singer. I liked her songs yeah. back then. But, um, was there a character in the show 
a guy in a wheelchair? Yes. I I think his name is Felix. Okay. It, was he like an, a recurring character or just like a one-off? I don't remember. I haven't, uh, from all the episodes I've watched, I haven't come across him yet. Um, okay. Cause, but yeah, so I don't know. Because for years I was conflating him with Ron and I was thinking ah. Ron was in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> This whole time. And I saw a clip. I was like, oh, he's not in a wheelchair. Maybe Wade's in a wheelchair because he's always sitting down. I was like, I don't know. Someone's in a wheelchair. That's funny. uh, Yeah, I I Um, think the half hour sitcom, when you have a a 21, 22 minute episode versus an hour and what, 24 minutes or whatever it was, to try to imitate that format, because you said there's a formula they use with a TV show that works so well. Um, and, mm. and a formula be, that goes beyond, you know, character dynamics and uh, and that. But as far as like plot and pacing, mm. you had so much of this movie taking place in high school. I, was the show mostly them in school or, or in just a little bit of crime uh, fighting? I think it was I think it was pretty well balanced. Okay. I mean, I do remember her being um, on missions, obviously, way more than school. Sure. Another big thing. I was just checking mm-hmm. my um, my notes. A very big thing that they changed that a lot of people don't like and I actually don't really like either and it goes along with the whole feminism thing of 2019 Mm -hmm. they made Kim have to be into soccer instead of cheerleading okay Um, was she a cheerleader oh yeah and that's like the main part of her character I mean the whole premise is that She's this cheerleader who applies her cheer skills to her missions. That makes sense. And so taking that away, I mean, like, I know that they they did reference it, though, at least, like, at the beginning. She's like, oh, I'm all ready for my cheer routine. Like, I, I've practiced it. It's perfect. I'm so excited to try out. And then she asks Bonnie, like, okay, when are, when are cheer tryouts? And then Bonnie's like, this is a soccer school. We, we don't do cheer here. You want to do that? Go down to Lowerton. <laughs> so, but I mean, at least they kind of put it in there that, mm-hmm. like, she does do cheerleading, at least. Like, yeah, well, we know that. It's like with the cost, her her outfit, you know, the the midriff, they reference that, too. I thought yeah. kind of like that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, like they're not going to make her wear that in a modern Disney Channel, live action. Yeah, live thing, action. Yeah. yeah, I did think that they did a good. Jo- I mean, obviously, I'm, I don't have the same ties to the show as everyone else, but I like how they incorporated the mo- her her martial arts in her soccer moves. Though, yeah, I actually really liked the choreography of the, mm-hmm. of, especially that soccer tryout scene. I thought that was. Really visually impressive. Minus a bunch of those flips she did for no reason with the ball in between her feet. But it looked that was so pointless. I thought it looked like to the point where I was like, "Is this actress? Is she like in the martial arts?" Like I was trying to figure it out. But I did think that a lot of the the choreographed like moves that they did with the flips and stuff, I thought that looked really cool, and they made it look cartoony as in in the sense that they were like floating in the air, but at the same time, like it seemed realistic. It wasn't too cartoony yeah the soccer thing was the flips were unnecessary sometimes but i just thought it looked cool one scene that really stood out to me that i loved was um when kim and shigo were on the top of that thing trying to get the Mm -hmm. cube uh and shigo kicks her off in slow motion and kim's like falling and she shoots the grappling hook in slow motion and yeah it looked very similar to um you know stuff that's happened on the show a lot yeah that was cool it it was kind of emotional too i felt like the slow-mo and the way it was done i was like oh dang like i felt a little emotional at that moment. Mm-hmm. One of the funniest moments for me was when they're in the eel tank. Yeah. 
But again, I just love Sean's delivery when he's like, they get zapped by the eel. They're fascinating creatures. Did you know electric eels can spawn thousands of babies at any given time? What? <laughs> yeah, he was good. <laughs> it was like just like, too. what? The way that they were developing the personalities within the movie as far as like Ron Stoppable being kind of this oblivious, bumbling kid, it almost mm-hmm. made more sense that he wasn't really aware of the of the magnitude of what was happening in the eel tank. Whereas she was like, no, this is like a dire situation. And like, we have no out right now. Yeah. And like, and kind of going along with that again, with Kim's characterization, they made a conscious decision in this movie to make her feel more real and make her extra vulnerable. Yeah. While that's great. And I think it's good to show that a little bit. I think they went way too heavy on the drama in this movie. Yeah. We saw Kim cry throughout the cartoon series a total of like two times mm-hmm. maybe and one of the times it's because her mood was controlled by a device <laughs> so like she literally hardly ever cried uh but kim's like bawling her eyes out like 20 times in this movie yeah. there's a lot of people that are being really mean about that and like oh kim's weak in this movie blah 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 and i'm like i'm not gonna say that yeah i mean you know i mean come on but the crying and the drama i think it was just a little too heavy-handed especially again for like her first introduction to this thing like I feel like she just should have been built up way more you want to make it feel deserved and earned rather than just kind of like throwing it out there too much yeah how do the villains not like find Kim Possible's house and then like just oh I know kill her because because that's like the thing you is as like a superhero you don't want to reveal your identity but like everyone knows who she is and and that's a funny thing too is that for some reason it's like a Mandela effect everyone collectively remembered the entire premise of the series incorrectly, Mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons why everyone was hating on the movie. For some reason, everyone remembered Kim Possible as being a secret agent with a secret identity. Oh, like a Hannah Montana thing? Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, the fact that her birth name is Kim Possible (laughs) and her crime fighting name is Kim Possible should have given it away that she doesn't have a secret identity. Um, (laughs) Second of all, she doesn't hide her face. Everyone knows she's on the news all the time she's in the newspaper like they mention it all the time in the very first episode she has a crush on this guy and he's like oh I saw you on the news the other day you saved that ambassador or something like that and she's like oh yeah no big you know what I mean so it's like that's what this whole thing is but for some reason everyone was pissed off like why is she using her gadgets out in daylight like why is she doing all this stuff in real life no one knew she would never combine her school life and crime fighting life and I'm like actually that was the whole premise actually I think you're thinking of Hannah Montana so you know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. So so everyone was like sort of upset about the movie based on false information. Yeah. So that's kind of sad that some sort of strange Mandela effect uh, worked against the movie yeah. in that way. Yeah, it like did it a disservice when it shouldn't have. So that's a thing. But then also, as far as like, you know, talking about Kim and Ron's friendship again, we really only get that one scene with them where I was like, Ooh, and it kind of like tugged at my heart uh-huh. for a minute. Uh, like when Kim's trying to ditch school. Kim, school's not over yet. I'm ditching. I can't even get good grades anymore. Everything's changed. L- look, I- I'm not going to lie. It's been a rough few weeks. But you're still my best friend. And pals support pals. Always. I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> Athena's our pal too. We helped her when she was down in the dumps. And our help paid off. She's amazing now. (laughs) So we should be there to cheer her on. So we're going to this assembly? 
You're what you are. Fine. I just felt that right there. But that was it. The, the only other thing that I saw, and when looking back, I realized it was just self-servicing, which was when she, when Kim first helps Athena, and when she mm-hmm. first discovers they're sitting there, and then you see Ron's face kind of like admiring Kim and being mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, man, Kim's so cool. But then I can't help but think later on that they were just using that as a way to show how he looked up to Kim and now he's looking up to Athena in a way. Yeah, and they had him building Athena up way too much too. Yeah, like was... constantly like, like, wow, Athena, you have skills. Oh, you've outkimmed Kim. One part that really got me mad when they were doing this montage of, you know, how Athena's taking over and everything and Kim is getting jealous and feeling left out. They cut to Ron eating at Bueno Nacho yeah. with Athena yeah. just one-on-one and he's dying laughing with her. <laughs> and like, as Kim walks in and she sees that and then she walks away all upset. As she's walking away, you can hear him saying, Athena, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, why did they put that in? Like, that really pissed me off. I'm like, okay, so Ron is like spending time with Athena instead of Kim in his free time. Like, what? Like, that just got me so mad. My problem with this whole jealousy theme where I, and I liked it. That makes sense. And and obviously jealousy mm-hmm. hits hard in high school. And a lot of times mm-hmm. it's silly. I thought that's a really uh, strong theme, but then it almost does it a disservice because it's not just that she's jealous because Athena's better than her. She's jealous because everyone's kind of being mean to her about how Athena's better than her. You know, like Ron saying, oh, she's better than you. She looks better than you. Like, you're my best friend. Yeah, you've out-kimmed Kim. You're going to be upset about it. Like, that makes sense. And then, of course, and then she has, like, everyone telling her this. So then she has Shigo. Well, well, of course, they're behind the whole thing. But, you know, Shigo saying, I have to up my game to be able to fight against New Meat because she's a real opponent, Kim. She's probably better than you. (laughs) That theme would have been stronger and more effective. The, you know, don't. Don't just be jealous because if someone's your friend, you should be happy for them. That would have been stronger if they didn't make the characters so mean to Kim about it. When she's talking to her grandma and she has that good talk with her grandma and her grandma's Mm -hmm. like, ah, you shouldn't be jealous. Like if you care about her and she's your friend, you should be happy for her. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. And there was a thought. And even though I I suspected that Athena was bad, I think the movie did a good job of making me kind of retract that and be like, oh, Mm -hmm. maybe she's not bad. Maybe the point is just to show that Kim shouldn't be jealous and, you know, there can be someone better than her. But even that, again, like, that's like a weird plot to do for the first movie in a movie that's called Kim Possible. No, yeah, of course. It's a it's a super weird thought. It's like you're immediately introducing a character that's better than your lead heroine. And that's why, like, the, the justification was that she was bad. And also that she's a robot. So basically yeah. the only thing that could ever surpass Kim is a robot. Is a robot. Yeah. <laughs> and if that's the case, then it should be easy for Dr. Draken to take down Kim then right she just he, yeah, just, he should just make the robot uh fight Kim and that would and that's work. the thing too I don't I didn't understand that either he was trying to transfer the information that Athena learned from Kim into himself yeah. which for like transferring a digital spark into his body which first of all how does that even work second of all they're putting like those things on Athena's head to like transfer it. I'm like, but she doesn't have a brain. Like yeah, well, she's all that, metal in there. Like, how is that working? Like she never transferred it from Kim to herself. I didn't get what that. She just did everything that Kim did and just elevated it yeah, sort of. And just Which she was built to do anyway. So Yeah. And so it, it just doesn't, it's just weird to think that, you know, Draken would rather try to transfer that to himself instead of 
keeping Athena around to just be able to take down Kim. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, of course. Because, again, apparently they took inspiration uh, from other episodes as well. I guess there's an episode called um, Kimitation Nation where Draken creates a bunch of Kim clones. So, yeah, and they even say Kimitation in the movie like twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Athena's like, I'm just a Kimitation. And then like at the end, Kim's like realizing what Draken did. And she's like, Kimitation. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's that didn't that doesn't make any sense. And then, of course, for the side effect to be that Draken turns into a kid. That was I mean, that was really funny, though. The little kid. I, I, know, was it, I know it was funny. It was especially funny when she goes laughing. Yeah, like, at right? the end, <laughs> like in the car at the end when he's like, I will blend in flawlessly. Yeah, you will. As long as there are like 10 other tiny little old men in there. Silence, Figo! <laughs> he was really good, though. I thought that was, I was literally dying laughing. I was, I was yeah, crying. Yeah, that was funny. Um, and also, that was an Easter egg, that book he's reading, the teen slang book. Okay. That happened in an episode, Draken's reading a, the same exact book. Like, the book is exactly the same cover. Oh, that's funny. He's trying to learn the same words. But I wasn't really on board with that um, cliffhanger either, because... That's ripping off the first Kim Possible animated movie, which is called A Sitch in Time, where they go back in time. The villains turn themselves into toddlers, and they calculated the day that Kim would be the most vulnerable, uh, which is apparently her first day of preschool. Yeah, they go back in time. They try to, you know, mess with her mind on her first day of preschool mm-hmm. as as toddlers. So I was like, okay, that's sort of ripping off that by having Draken be a little kid and like going into her high school. Where are they going with this? Like, I have no idea. Like, They're just ugh. pulling from different storylines, which I think would have not been as bad if they actually pulled from episodes. Yeah. As opposed to like the last two movies, because mm-hmm. those are like movies. But yeah, I, I mean, go, uh, just real quick. I, I just with the jealousy thing when she was talking to her grandma I just had a problem with I, I just didn't like how they kind of undercut it a little bit by making Ron and, and everyone else at school not being sensitive to Kim and you're like well obviously she's going to be jealous but then you make the ground like the grandma say that there's an issue with her being jealous but it's like not really they're just not they're not being nice to her so it's not that she's jealous that she's better than her she's jealous because she's just mad people aren't being nice to her that Athena's better. And and mm-hmm. Athena's like lying about stuff about the thing with the Christy Romano's character. Yep. yep. This girl's super fake and then everyone's liking her. But yeah, so I like the jealousy theme in in theory, but I just didn't like how they did it a disservice by not handling it properly. Like especially person. that assembly that assembly moment yeah. where like Kim tries to do the thing and then she just face plants. Yeah. yeah. And everyone laughs and everyone's filming it. I'm like, are you kidding? And then I think it's also ridiculous how Athena's like, give me the stick. I can do my killer move. (laughs) That was cringy. That was really cringy. And then also, yeah, the best line in that was Ron. Uh, Why is an ominous green circle being cut in the ceiling? Oh, yeah, that was good. No, I like the the line when when they were talking about... Uh, that teacher who's just the like apparently like the only teacher in the school yeah she was like uh, a 5.5 GPA and homecoming queen and king King. I was like what does that even mean (laughs) I mean there was a few good lines in that as well like when Draken and Shigo are leaving and he's like this is my most diabolical plan yet and Shigo's like shut it what did I tell you about overshare yeah that was funny and then Draken says like oh oh float up Bye. <laughs> and then good. when they have the kid version of him say bye yeah, again, that was, that was hilarious. Oh man, that was funny. I love the kid version. Even though it wasn't really action packed in the middle, I was enjoying it. 
But the mm-hmm. ending, I thought, even though I know obviously like structurally it had a lot of issues, the last like 20 minutes was really entertaining to me as far as it was mm-hmm. funny. It was suspenseful even uh, a couple of times, especially like when they're about to leave that cave and mm-hmm. it was about to blow up. Um, I thought it was entertaining and it was really it was really good. Yeah, I thought one of the best lines, too, was when they were trapped in that circular pole thingy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The vortex or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Draken's like, Welcome to my long-awaited victory as I rotted away in that cell. Ah, uh, the evil plan reveal. I should have brought a book. I find these informative. They fill in some of the blanks. Do you mind? Oh. Yeah, uh, 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 where was I? rotting in your cell I love love that that last scene was good if you really think about it it's not you know it has a lot of issues but I just like it was entertaining it was so entertaining to me that it I was able to see past it's big flaws and big big flaws I mean big flaws no I mean I mean I was too after my first viewing I was like that was actually like really good but then I think I watched it like two more times since. Oh, wow. And like each time I've watched it, it's felt a little bit more boring. Well, especially you know where it's going to go. And, and yeah. yeah. I just feel like, oh man, I'm sitting through this. Like again, like we said, we're si- I'm sitting through this whole plot just to get to this twist. Yeah. Like, that, I mean, that, that was my biggest issue. Yeah, I think that's that harms the rewatch value mm-hmm. then in that case because that's because I'm noticing that I'm like eh I don't really want to watch that again because yeah. it's not I just I know that I'm wasting my time watching them build up this Athena character just for this to happen whereas if they did a movie that was just a fun movie mm-hmm. Kim and Ron out on missions like there's good like comedy there's like heart between you know with their friendship and there's whatever like that you could watch probably over and over again yeah. and like enjoy it like the way you can watch the series over and over again the movies with twists that are the best are like you know six cents like super psychological ones and that and that's what makes them so good is that it's a good movie oh yeah and there's a big twist at the end like i could watch mm-hmm. the six cents and enjoy it thoroughly and already know the twist I mean, even I'm n- I'm not saying Titanic has a twist, but I mean, even like Titanic, but you know it's gonna happen, it's like, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you know, well, you know the ship's gonna sink, and then you have a suspicion that one of them is probably gonna die. But like every time, I will sit through Titanic every single time for the three hours and fifteen oh, yeah, minutes because <laughs> the whole overall payoff is just so worth it every time. And but yeah, but basically, it's like the best movies have like more going for mm-hmm. it building up to whatever the ending or the twist is or the hook that's supposed to get you. Yeah. Um, this one, it just felt like they were wasting time. Exactly. Because, yeah, I got to say, like, honestly, like, at the thought of, like, even yesterday when I had to sit down to watch this again, before we were going to talk about it, I was like, I really don't want to watch this again because yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, it's boring. Like, like I enjoyed it. Like, I really enjoyed it the first time. I was really into it because we watched it live and it was exciting. Mm-hmm. Then I watched it again a second time, like casually while I was like eating dinner or something because they aired it all the time for a while. Mm. And that was okay. I was like, yeah, uh, was it as good as I remembered? (laughs) And then when I watched it again yesterday, I was like, wow, like, you know, and and, like I didn't laugh as much as at the funny moments as I did the first time around, you know. So it's like, I don't know. And that's the thing. You and I are choosing to watch this. Imagine being like a 13 year old kid being subjected to the Disney Channel playing this over and over and over and over again Mm -hmm. as it was when we were kids and i mean obviously fortunately now you can record stuff and rewatch things that you want to rewatch but uh, yeah back then i mean imagine this being on 
you're saying just after two or three times you were tired of it, you want a Disney Channel original movie to be rewatchable where if if one isn't, and I haven't rewatched this more than one time, but if if for me, if, if it's not rewatchable, it, that's not good because you're replaying it so much. Yeah, and I think um, something else about that, how I've said that since the last time we talked about Kim Possible, since then how I got really into it, mm-hmm. and I got really excited for the movie, I sort of got like emotionally invested in the journey that the cast was going on. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I followed them on social media and I was liking all their stuff. Oh, yeah, And yeah. they were getting like, you know, super excited and like all this promo they were doing and I watched all the promo and the cast is so sweet and I was like, oh, like, I got was getting really excited for them and then the ratings came out of it being so low and, you know, I, I was like keeping tabs on like the cast social media because I was interested in seeing how it would catch on and like if they would have a huge spike in their followers um, after the premiere and they've basically in this day and age they've hardly budged wow. um, so like Sadie I think she's gained maybe like 10,000 since last week mm. so le- last Friday um, and this is on a major so, network like kids network I mean yeah I mean to be Kim Possible on Disney Channel after all this promotion yeah. that they've been like shoving down the kids throats like like she probably should have been gaining more followers due to the promotion alone yeah um, leading up to the movie but like now the movie's out and like she's not really how many does she have taken total? off that much uh, like 72,000 yeah that's not a lot um, for, for a teenage a teen quote unquote uh, idol, I guess. Sean already had like over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. because of the Goldbergs and stuff, but he's only barely budged. So it's just like, it's just, it, that's interesting to me. So like, I'm wondering if it's going to be like a grower, like are kids going to like come around Over to it time, or like, yeah. did it- the hype might've been too big. The people who are excited enough to want to watch it the first time when it premieres are going to be the people who are the most critical about it. Right. So mm-hmm. you might find more fans over time or, or, or say in, you know, a couple of years, people might grow to, to appreciate it for what it is because they're used to it now. Uh, yeah. I, it's like anything. It, yeah. It, but it's, I don't know. I just thought that was weird. So I, I've been like trying to see like if it connected with kids at all, because mm-hmm. I think that's interesting because Kim Possible, like we've talked about the formula and everything. It was hugely successful with kids, yeah. you know, 15, 17 years ago. Well, I was like, oh, yeah, like if they put it in live action and like these kids have like actual kids to put the faces to these characters and actually seeing them do these cool things, like, of course, that'll resonate and connect with Mm -hmm. them. But then I do think the plot line was such a misstep that maybe it's not connecting with them. Like, I don't know. And and so it's just weird. I mean, I have seen on Instagram like a handful of mothers saying like, oh, my daughter loves it. Like there was this like five-year-old girl, this mother posted a picture of her five-year-old daughter who's wearing like green khaki pants and a black nice. short sleeve shirt. Cause she was like, we watched Kim Possible for the first time on Friday. On Saturday, she insisted we bought her a Kim Possible outfit <laughs> and now we're watching it again on Sunday. I, so I was like, okay. Yeah, I feel, but I feel, but as like the same way, like those kids, they're not on social media, right? Like people yeah. are on, you know, the people who are on social media might, see through the faults of the movie but i mean if i was a kid i, I would have probably been into this movie i mean i was in the movies back then i watch it now and i'm like that was not a good movie <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was i mean when we were going back and and i was rewatching some decoms and i was like this movie's not good like i don't no, know why yeah. i liked it like i liked the poof point when i was a kid and i watched exactly. it now and it was a terrible movie even johnny tsunami is not a great movie i mean it's great for nostalgia but it's not like 
even Halloween Town, and that's a movie I loved when I was a kid. I watch it now. I'm like, this movie's not that good. Halloween, no. I think Halloween Town Two is better. And that's just a, it's a it's a hot take, but that's my yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. But I don't know, man. It's uh, where, where would you see a sequel going? I mean, I know we talked about maybe backstepping, but with within if you were going to jump off from this premise and and where this movie left off, do you think it's going to be Draken as a little kid? Or do you think they're going to just, like, go somewhere else? I think, first of all, I don't think the Draken as a little kid plot is strong enough. Yeah. Like, I do want to see a whole movie of that little boy. But <laughs> but by the time they make um, it, he's going to be, like, two or three years older, probably. And, and yeah. he won't be as cute and he won't be as funny. Yeah, because that'll be weird. Like, he's not going to be the same age as he as he exited yeah. the car. Yeah, as, gonna so that's going to be weird. Yeah, they'd have to do it, like, right now. Yeah. So I think that maybe this kid Draken plot can be resolved within like the first 10 minutes sort of like the small dementor plot was yeah. at the beginning of this movie Ooh, i got i got some but go ahead and then what dementor comes back as the main villain yeah. for the next movie that'd instead. be sick because he was so good in this movie maybe somehow like dracid and shigo could team up with dementor like something little and it's boy just, and then Patton oswald it's just all it's just like wild that'd be i don't know something like that but then yeah at least to just sort of resolve that quickly other than that, like, I really don't know what else they can do other than write Athena out of it, make it about Kim and Ron, have them doing some awesome stuff, develop the friendship that they completely didn't develop in the first movie. You, have you followed the girl played Athena? Have you followed her, like, social media? Yeah, she, I, I don't think she's bare. I, I remember when I, when I first started following her, she had, like, 100,000 followers, and I checked hers the other day, and she only has one thousand four hundred. So, I, so they. Could, I was gonna say because if she became popular, it'd be harder to write her out. Yeah, if no one latched onto her character or was invested in that, they could easily write out the character. I mean, I, obviously, she's a young girl working in Hollywood. I, I don't wish that on anyone, but we're ta- we're strictly talking like, uh, you know, artistically here. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I definitely think a lot of girls really like Sadie. She has, like, a million fan accounts really already. Good. I mean, I definitely saw her, like, potentially taking off, you know. Um, so she has, like, yeah. a bunch of fan accounts, whatever. And then I've noticed a bunch of girls think Sean is, like, so cute now. <laughs> which is so funny because it's, like, you put someone in front of a different audience. Like, because he's been on the Goldbergs for years now. And, like, no but, one, Yeah, that's a show directed towards, like, families. And yeah, and so it's, like, stuff, no yeah. one really cares. But then, like, you put him on the Disney Channel and then, like, suddenly it's, like, oh, now I'm just going to eat this up because oh, you're sure. giving it to me. So the, the here, here's an idea. What if they, instead of making a sequel movie, making like a TV show? That Yeah, that's what a lot of people have been suspecting. The way they did like the opening theme thing. Mm-hmm. They sort of set it up as if it was just like a really long episode or something. Yeah. Like in theory, that sounds great. But at the same time, it's like Sean's pretty high profile with what he's doing. Oh, that's like, true. Yeah. On like a major weird. show. So it's like, would he really be on like a disney channel show full-time as well unless they did like a uh, like a disney now thing they did like a 10 episode seasons filmed all within like a f- couple weeks yeah weeks, like a you know mini series or something yeah they did something like that and then like the next season released another 10 episode like a stranger things type of thing yeah because 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 definitely because i thought about that too and the idea of them only having another hour and 25 minutes to do anything else uh, yeah. is really kind of upsetting. I'm like, I feel like they need more time. Like they, they don't have enough time to do everything that they probably want to do. 
I would watch it if it was a show. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I actually, because I was, like I said, I as even though the movie had tons of problems, I was a, a fan of the humor. I thought it was really funny. I was laughing a lot. But like if this was a show, especially it would, it would be single camera. Mm-hmm. It would be, uh, and I'm a big fan of single camera. Uh, the humor was spot on. I think if they did humor like that, it would be really, really good. It, it would have to be like the same writer's. Well, there was the original writers of the series that wrote the oh, script. Oh, was it really? Okay. Which, which is also weird to me because I'm like, why would they do that? I think it was a, maybe a little presumptuous to leave it on such a thing to be like, yeah, we definitely wanted, we, we want a sequel. We want to do more. Well, you have, yeah, you have to do that there, right? uh, From doing that, it was a little presumptuous because the ratings were so low. What if it didn't latch on with the audience and, and they don't, you never get it made. and they never get I, anything I, else? I, I, I feel like you have, but as a, like the writer or director or whatever, as a filmmaker, you have to take that bet because if they don't do that, there might not be a demand for it. But because they do that, they're going to spark a demand from if there might have not been one. But then on top of that, though, because of how much backlash the movie received and how much it's continuing to receive, people are just hating on it period like regardless of mm. whether or not like it's a decent movie you know but, oh yeah but people don't care so the only way that like disney stuff has like really gotten uh a sequel like that movie that came out last year zombies the musical yeah um they just got greenlit for a sequel um and they only <laughs> had two million uh viewers for their live ratings but anyway so they just announced the sequel so i was like oh, okay But the reason why they got that was because there was a high fan demand. Like, all the kids were, like, writing all the time, like, we want zombies too, we want zombies too. And I'm like, okay, but because of how much hate this is getting, I don't really think there's going to be a demand for Kim Possible 2. Well, well, I think it has going for it that it's already has a source material that's not this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, So whereas, like, there wasn't really a demand for... I mean, I guess maybe there was a demand for this movie, but there was already a fan base. But it's not the current target audience that was demanding sure. it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Well, okay, when Johnny Tsunami's, I mean, that's the, that's the one I can think of that was a non-musical sequel, DCOM. Mm. It was Johnny Tsunami. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Kapahala back on board, yeah. yeah. Uh, Which I don't like that movie, but. <laughs> it was terrible. It's not a good movie. It also came out like 10 years, I think. want to say. Yeah, a long time after. The yeah. first movie. So, I mean. I can't see there being a huge demand because people who were into the first movie were not watching the Disney Channel anymore. Mm-hmm. They weren't nostalgic about it yet. I mean, I was in, I was just graduating from high school, mm-hmm. I think, when it came out. I, I didn't care. I didn't care at all about that movie. Yeah, I didn't care. I mean, I was, I, I didn't watch it till like a few years later. I was just flipping through the channels. I was like, oh, take check this out. And so I, I watched it and it was not good. Well, they brought in a new character in that movie too. Jake T. Austin was like his little cousin oh, or something. Yeah, he, that's true, huh? That's yeah. It was not a good movie. But then again, like I rewatched Johnny Tsunami, and that's not a good movie. I think that it could, even regardless of having a fan base for this movie. First of all, the Disney Channel is in a different place than it was back then. Mm-hmm. And this was two thousand seven, where like people were a lot of people were watching Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. Uh. I, I don't, I mean, I guess I can't say, are people watching the Disney Channel now? Like See, that's the were? thing, I don't know. Because, I mean, if the live ratings were that low, I mean, there's been a downward trend yeah. in, in DCOM ratings when in you TV look. In TV in general, right? Uh, yeah, but except for Descendants. I mean, like, Descendants that's can, can do point. no wrong. I mean... Well, Andy Mack's doing well, too, right? Uh, 
not, really? n- okay. not for live ratings as much, I don't think. Okay. Um, but I think for Andy Mack, a lot of people are watching that on the app. Okay. Well, in 2012, I read this. Uh, it was the first year that Disney Channel surpassed Nickelodeon as far as children's programming in hmm. uh, viewers. But I think that might speak more to the decline in Nickelodeon more than the increase of quality in, in Disney. Disney. Yeah. It, it, it's weird. Like... I have seen some kids on Instagram saying like, we want Kim Possible too. And I'm like, okay. But I mean, as far as like the people that are super loud about it and giving it terrible ratings on IMDb and, you know, just hating on it and stuff. It's like, I don't know if, if Disney is going to want to back up another movie Mm -hmm. if, you know, the live ratings weren't that great. And like, and like, we're never going to know what the app ratings were. That's always going to be a mystery about how many people actually watched this thing, you know? Uh, and, and, and unfortunately, it's the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? So like, or people who even just were like, oh, that's pretty good. They're not going to be as vocal as people who just dis- detested it because those are the fanboys and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as like thinking about a sequel and if they'll even get one, I just looked up Zombies right now because uh, that's like their last pretty successful decom which was mm. exactly this time last year so zombies it has a 6.4 on imdb and it says like 95 percent of google users liked this movie and even though it only got 2 million live viewers it got greenlit for a sequel but then kim possible has a 4.4 out of 10 on imdb only 53 percent of google users liked this movie and it got million and a half less viewers than than the other movie so so it's like i wonder what disney takes into consideration when deciding whether or not to greenlit a sequel for something like yeah i mean it's gonna it's viewership definitely but at the same time they have to weigh what else they have going for them mm -hmm. because they gotta they have to see like are people still gonna watch this like i i was a boy meets world fan i still watch girl meets world and i didn't like it Mm -hmm. i watched the entire series yeah right so i mean I've, I'd imagine that they're going to be Kim Possible fans that feel the same way about a, a live action series if they did a series. Because I'm, I'm, I think that would be the most realistic. Uh, yeah, I mean, outlet. I would, I would actually totally be into that if they would actually yeah. have the time to yeah. flesh more of this stuff out and actually build this stuff up. Because the idea of thinking that we're going to have to wait another like two years, yeah, or something for another an hour and thirty minutes of something that might not be that good like they might mess up the plot again and then it's like they're just running out of chances and time but here's the thing though also with like the cgi thing and the budget if you have a whole series would the budget be higher because it's it's more episodes or if that's a big criticism that people have they're gonna be criticizing it a lot more if it's even worse and that's the thing too one of the issues with the cast that people had like when people went crazy when they announced the cast was that they quote look 12 First of all, Kim Possible is this cartoon that, creepily, a lot of guys really, like, sexualized Kim Possible in their mind. (laughs) Like, they all had crushes on her. Just as a cartoon, they, like, thought she was hot. Uh They have, like, this vision of Kim Possible in their mind, right? And they Mm. want to be able to sexualize her and have her in this crop top and doing whatever. And then, like, they hire Sadie and they're just, like, they're almost mad that they hired a teenager to play a teenager because 
now I can't sexualize this character. Yeah. And whatever. And so, like, everyone was complaining about how, like, oh, she looks 12. She doesn't look mature enough to be Kim Possible. And I'm like, first of all, Kim was 14 in season one. Um, yeah. We're forgetting this. Uh, and so she's playing, like, 15-year-old Kim. She was 16 when they filmed the movie. So it's like she is, like, the right age to play this character, you know, she is a real-life teenager, therefore she is what a teenager looks like. And it's our our perspective of what teenagers should look like is skewed due to things like Riverdale. Oh my gosh, yeah. Casting 20-somethings. One girl on Riverdale is 30 years old and she's playing a sophomore in high school. I know. So it's well, like... And that's the thing. Even even Stevens, like, like Christy, I believe, was like 18 or 19 Mm-hmm. When the series wrapped, Shy was 17. But I, I think that a lot of this movie, the Kim Possible movie, I mean, obviously you're trying to match trends, right? Especially when appealing to younger kids or or whatever the heck Disney's demographic is right now. You're trying to kind of replicate some stuff, you know, the banter or the dynamic of the high school life. I don't know. I, I actually, I like, I like the movie. I'm not going to lie. I like. No, it. I did and, too. I did and too. I, I was, re- I mean, obviously you watched it more times. Maybe if I watched it again, I, I would be i feel like after i was at the same place you're at yeah after oh, yeah, i first watched like it, it yeah. i was like yeah that was a good movie really exceeded my expectations but now i've seen it like two more times and i'm like eh, i'm not that crazy about it but another thing i wanted to mention as well people who don't understand like the nostalgic people who wanted everything to be like the cartoon and they don't think it through like the changes that needed to be made mm-hmm. um to update it everyone's like why doesn't she have her old communicator that thing was so cool she would just like whip it out and it was like a beeper essentially all it was was facetime oh she was facetiming with wade on her little device a device specifically made for her and like she had this incredible technology that was FaceTiming. Yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's like oh, everyone it's so else. futuristic. Yeah. Yeah, it's like <laughs> everyone else just had flip phones. And meanwhile, she had this thing. It's called the Communicator. Yeah. So her communicator was this FaceTime capable thing. And so that was the thing. And then later on they upgraded it to a watch. I remember that. And so know. she she could like she could like FaceTime on the watch as well. But like you can sort of do that stuff now too with like Apple Watches yeah. and stuff. So then that wouldn't be relevant either because we have smartwatches now. So they had to come up with something that would seem super futuristic to today's kids. It's like, because today's kids have so much already that they they had yeah. to sort of think outside the box and be like, what would be, you know, like, like the way we couldn't imagine FaceTiming. Uh, yeah. They had to come up with some technology angle that would be impressive so they're like let's have her like the communicators a necklace now and it's this hologram like you know what i mean like i think i thought that was pretty cool i did too and i actually thought it it, it looked cool um and it was cool how like it was kind of creepy how wade could just like pop in whenever the heck he wanted to yeah no he he did that on the show too which is always weird It's, it's kind of like he's always listening yeah. Which is really and weird. It, it's like it's like if someone called your phone and they got to decide if you answered or not. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, like yeah, it's weird. Cool. Someone pointed out how does he see her? Um because oh, that's true. Unless he projects something that's like a camera, like Because there's obviously no way he can see her through pixels in the sky. Like pixels in the uh, air. That's really if that if that's the case, that's super futuristic. A, a holo, holographed camera? Yeah. That's weird. That's I mean, that's pretty futuristic, I think. 
Yeah, but yeah. see, like that's the thing. Like they had to come up with something that would that would make kids want to be like Kim and like have sure. this have this stuff because like we couldn't imagine FaceTiming in two thousand two. But the stupid nostalgic idiots are like, "Where's her old communicator?" <laughs> um, everyone has <laughs> FaceTime. I have that right here in my hand right now. I could I could FaceTime anyone I want. That's our next podcast, by the way. The nostalgic idiots. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Sorry, guys. Um. But yeah, you know, it's just like you have to think, take a minute to think about that instead of like complaining that she doesn't have her old handheld thing. It's like think about maybe why they made that change. It's like we yeah. all have our own handheld Pe- FaceTime people capabilities. Have, uh, it's just these expectations are so unrealistic. It's like you have to think realistically. Like mm-hmm. this is not going to work. Part of the things that made me mad about Girl Meets World is that they could have realistically made this about Corey and Topanga and Sean and Eric, mm-hmm. but they didn't. Like, my expectations were realistic. Mm-hmm. I, I think making unrealistic expectations is ignorant and and naive. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, and, and it's to the point where if you're that ignorant to make that suggestion, you shouldn't be allowed to have any say creatively on the direction of this movie in the first place. Yep. And one thing, like one of the last things we haven't talked about yet is Christie's cameo. Right. Of course. Um, the whole reason we're even really talking about it. What, what, I mean, when it came, I, cause I knew you, I knew she was supposed to be like that pop star. I forget mm-hmm. the name. As soon as the limo rolled up, I was like, I leaned forward. I was like, oh, here it is. And I was like, and she said that I pumped my fist. I was like, yeah, this <laughs> and I was like, so stoked. And, uh, it was so cool. And I, and I was, I love, they didn't overdo it. Uh, they made they gave her a good amount of screen time, a few minutes. Uh, she had a lot of dialogue. I mean, I think that one really long note they held was a little extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one was <laughs> that. that was extra. This train is leaving the station. All that i was like yeah this is cool but she had fun with it you could tell it was also cool though they let her say what's the sitch yeah that's cool she was like what's What's the the sitch sitch? yeah Yeah, that was cool my only problem was with besides that yeah that note was uh she was giving uh athena all the all this praise yeah i didn't like i didn't know if i liked that so much like i kind of wanted her to be like no like kim's the real deal like Mm -hmm. you know and like hype up kim like i said i had a problem with them like shoving in our faces that Athena is like super cool and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. To have Christy's character do it, I think, uh, kind of sucked, but for the old Kim possible to be talking up Athena, it's like, what? Yeah. That was the only thing that didn't, that I didn't like uh, about her, her cameo. Yeah. Cause I remember like Athena hardly said anything. And then she was like, Oh Kim, you better watch out for this one. Yeah. I'm like, what? And then she was like, I like you. You want to come on tour with me? Yeah, she's like, oh my, oh my gosh, goodness. I'm like the biggest fan of yours or whatever. Oh yeah, which was a lie. Which is a lie. It's like, okay, I, I liked how they built up uh, the pop star like they actually played one of the songs. Was that actually Christy singing? It wasn't. I'm pretty sure that okay, wasn't I w- her. I, I was literally like, that doesn't sound like Christy. Yeah, but, which is um, kind of weird. They should have had her sing something. Yeah, she can sing. So, Because um, I, I know Christy, she said that like if there's any more movies, she hopes that Poppy Blue comes back. I'm not against her coming back as a different character. Like sure, oh that'd like, be kind of cool. Like like that could like be kind of funny. Be a diff, like a new character every time, and then she's just like, yeah. oh, this so and so. That'd be pretty funny, actually. I'd like that. It made me think of like, um, oh, what's his name? Who did small cameos in every Spider-Man movie? Oh, uh, not, Stanley. Not Stanley. Oh. It's a, the other guy that's in Evil Dead. Bruce Campbell. Oh yeah, yeah, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah. That'd yeah, Bruce cool. Campbell. He made 
um, cameos in the first, you know, like the original Spider-Man trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like the first one, he's the announcer at the wrestling mm-hmm. match that Spider-Man does, and then in the second one, he's the bellhop at the movie yeah. theater at at the um, at the theater mm-hmm. Spider-Man goes to, and then in the third one. I don't know. I can't remember what he, what he is in the third one, but he's like a different thing. Oh, in the third one, he's the um, the host at a restaurant that okay. Peter goes to. I don't remember so that. that could kind of be cool if they had Christy be, like That'd be a different super thing. Cool. No, for yeah. sure. Instead of like boxing her into like this one character. Yeah, she'd be know? like she'd be like an employee at like a convenience store or like whatever. I really want to watch Kim Possible like the series like start to finish. Probably I'm I'm in the middle of of watching every Nickelodeon '90s Nickelodeon show and and coming up with like the top. 30 best Nickelodeon episodes from the 90s, but... Uh, you love so, your list. I love my list. Uh, <laughs> just recently ranked every Goosebumps book, by the way. Cheap plug right there, but... Uh, oh, man. I mean, my two favorite shows of all time are Even Stevens and Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. And then... And they're clo- both... Yeah. And they're both... And they both... Uh, Will Friedle, Christie. And then another, like, top five, maybe, like, fourth or fifth on that list is Smart Guy. Kim Possible is a show. It has like all of your stars favorite from stars. Literally three of my five, just coincidentally, favorite shows. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's definitely a show that I need to watch. There's, I think there's 87 episodes. Yeah, I think yeah, there's 80, it was, I've it was maybe the first watched. the first series to get a fourth season. I think right. Yeah. Uh, one cool. of the first season series. I think that's so Raven might have been actually though. No, yeah, yeah, that's so Raven got a fourth season and a hundred so episodes. That's so Raven started in what like oh three oh four or somewhere around there. A three. So then, so Kim Possible was earlier, so that probably got a fourth season. Because Kim Possible was 02, so that I'm assuming that got a fourth season before. They the both ended the same year, though. Huh. So, difficult to know which came first. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. See, I just Googled Kim Possible to find that information. Yeah. And an article popped up, and the title is, Review. The new Kim Possible movie is possibly the worst Disney Channel original okay. movie. That's terrible. Uh, that's ridiculous. I need to release my review so I can have something else out there on the SEOs. Because that's that's ridiculous. It's not the worst. I've, there's definitely worse Disney Channel original movies. Uh, yeah, the poof point, as we've said. The poof point. <laughs> this dude's last paragraph here says, Overall, the new Kim Possible movie just felt flat and uninspired. It seemed obvious that Disney really tried to create... An honest reboot of the Kim Possible franchise by sticking close to the source material, but in doing so, Kim Possible merely feels like a high-budget fan film. I think the movie did a really good job of proving, of showing how it could translate well to live action. Yeah. Like, all of its problems were not in how well it translated. It was just in the structure of the plot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I have pretty much agreed on that, that that's, like, one of the only flaws. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, is that everything? <laughs> do, do we have any emails or tweets or anything? Uh, tweets? Oh, God, I'm sure there's a million tweets about this that I could find. Who'd you have for MVP? I don't have anything like I had, that. I had Dr. Draken. Yeah. Favorite quote was, she's on eternity leave. Yeah. <laughs> she's gone one. and she ain't coming back. And she ain't coming back. I like that. I like the eel line about spawning, Ooh, spawning thousands of babies at any given time. I wonder if that's true. No, but yeah, so this this article put in another tweet from someone. It says, so what's the sitch? The sitch is that I give the Kim Possible movie a 3.5 out of 10. This movie sucks. Don't call us or beep us with a sequel. And I am a KP fan. Well, obviously, that's the only reason why you'd give it that low of a score. And then someone responded to it and said, me too. The movie sucked because they didn't ask for fans' input. I would have put Christy as the mom. 
<laughs> yeah, that's why they don't ask for fans input, by the way. Monique needed to be in the story. Whatever, whatever. The school scenes were lame. Hopefully they'll see their formula fell flat. Who's Monique? Uh, she's um, uh, Kim's like girlfriend. She was voiced by Raven. It, it, I mean, it was still very clear that Ron was Kim's best friend. And then Monique would just be there occasionally. They'd go shopping. Um, they'd hang around during school. So people were mad thinking that Athena was replacing Monique or whatever. But, but I mean, it's seeming like she is because they fixed her up. She's a robot back at school starting a martial arts She's club a with Kim. Back I don't know. Just it doesn't make sense that she'd care about this robot so bad. Like she says like, "Oh, it's like we flushed the evil programming out of her and programmed her to be good basically." So it's like, "Okay, you really want an artificial friendship like that?" Like <laughs> I don't get it. And then like the whole that forced uh emotion thing where she's like I want to take this one for the team. And then they're like, she's like, no. She's like, I'm not human. I'm the only one who can do this. And she's like, but we're best friends. I know. And she's bawling her eyes out. I'm yeah. not leaving you here. I'm like, I'm like you should because she's a robot. And exactly. She's, and she's, uh, and she's uh, betrayed you and she's not even, a, and she's a robot. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. And then, and then people also, pointed out too, the only reason Athena started to be nice to Kim at the end was because Draken and Shigo betrayed Athena. Exactly, yeah. By saying, oh, we're going to destroy her. So so she's basically stopped wanting to be loyal to Draken and Shigo for the same reason that Kim should want to stop being loyal to Athena. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing. Yeah. She betrayed Kim, and we should expect Kim to not want her to, like, would Athena be willing to save Draken and, and Shigo? Exactly. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, all in all, it was an above average decom as far as I think production value as well. Like, yeah. I actually think it was shot very prettily. I, didn't, I thought so too. I <laughs> Like, a lot of the cinematography I thought was actually kind of pretty. I and, agree with you. And yeah, like, the CG wasn't that bad. I liked a lot of the action. I thought it was funny at points. Um, the acting was pretty good. Like, it had a lot of good things going for it. Yeah. And yeah, I thought it captured the spirit a lot good enough of the series mm. like some of the characterization could have been a little better but i think people need to calm down yes. about it mm-hmm. like as far as being so vocal about how terrible it was because it really wasn't it, i think it, if anything it exceeded people's expectations i mean everyone was expecting it to be just literally horrible which i mean obviously yeah. we talked about all the flaws <laughs> and there was a lot to talk about but even through that i do see the potential uh, yeah. For something, you know, maybe greater beyond this. But again, they'd have to do so much backpedaling and yeah. trying to really find the correct footing for I, this type of, of universe. Yeah, it would have to be a TV show, I, in my opinion. Um, but I definitely think it has a, it has strong potential even uh, to be something entertaining and, and something that uh, would could stand on its own uh, apart mm-hmm. from just this one off. And I hope it does mm-hmm. because I think it was. I know. I hope really it does good. too. And I, and I'm so mad at the nostalgics out there that are being so mean about it because, like I said, they sort of willed the movie into not doing well because they already had their opinions of this movie set going into it. So no matter what, they could have been the best movie of all time, and they still would have been like, "This sucks." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like because of that, I feel like there's a chance that 
this whole live action franchise might just die. It just might be dead in the water before it goes anywhere else. Yeah. And that'll be sad because I do want to see other things play out in live action. Like I would love to see Kim and Ron happen in live action. Like I would like to see, um, you know, other missions and other cool stuff, but it's sad to think we might not get that because. Yeah. Because of unrealistic expectations, uh, which I actually think it, it surpassed those even. Um, mm mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean to to wrap it up, I I I did really like it. I love uh, live action versions of cartoons. I think it's cool. I almost think moving forward, I like since I said I think they went way too heavy on the emotional drama in this first yeah. movie. Like I think the first movie should have just been fun. It should have been carefree. Mm-hmm. We should have focused on Kim and Ron. It should have been action. It should have been friendship, like real friendship, not some artificial thing yeah. with some robot that wasn't even in the source material. Yeah. That probably might've gone over better. Um, yeah. And then for a sequel, they could have done something like this, maybe whatever. It still wouldn't have been bad. I mean, like we're saying right now, like we liked this movie for what it is. So like if, if, if this was the sequel, it wouldn't be as detrimental to it you know, as starting off on this foot is. Sure. I think they tried to make it a little too vulnerable and a little too relatable. I think I think because of that, like, that sort of made the tone uneven. a little uneven. Mm, sure. Yeah. Everyone needs to get on the same level. Like, you know what I mean? Like, everyone has to decide, like, do we really want to up the campiness yeah. of this and have it just be fun and have some heartfelt moments in there, obviously, because you need heart in order for things to resonate. Yeah. So, like, have all that in there. And there was heart in the series, too. Yeah. So, it's like, have all that in there. Or are you going to try to make this, like, a super grounded in reality, emotional, real, raw approach? Like, you know what I mean? I I vote for the former. A, because I don't think there's a lot of good comedy for uh, kids these days. Like, good comedy. Like, I, I think... I think that it's become so stru- it's become so structured that I think um, a lot of kids don't have a good uh, grasp or a good like comedic identity these days because it's just so all over the place and and mm-hmm. and not good. And this mm-hmm. was actually good. B, there's too much d- dramatic stuff. I think mm-hmm. uh, so. So because there's not enough good comedy and there's too much uh, drama and 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 reality grounded stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it shouldn't be this overly sentimental or like overly dramatic thing because I think even the Kim Possible character besides like crying and being like super uh, emotional all the time in this episode, I mean this episode in this movie, uh, mm-hmm. I think she did a good job of not trying to be super silly and, and like she actually, yeah. gr- her character at its core grounded the humor uh, mm-hmm. in general. So I think that having that alongside this uh, humor of of the other characters uh, will work and it's would work in his favor. Yeah, because you do always want to have like one person that you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, you want you want someone to feel real. Like exactly, <laughs> you have you have you have Tawny and and uh, Ren to uh, yeah Lewis and Twitty and literally like everyone else in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. All in all, I think I think that's it. I think it still has to sort of make up its mind about. Yeah what sort of movie and what sort of franchise it wants to be mm-hmm. just sort of iron out plots before they <laughs> do something like this again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cause if we, cause if they get a sequel and they pull something like this again, where it's like, everything's unfocused and we're not focusing on the people we should be focusing on and we're just wasting more time. 
it makes me genuinely upset that we're wasting time. Yeah, you, you know? want you want something that will actually make it worth your while to watch. Yeah. And also just to know that like the actors are wasting their time. Like Disney's putting a budget into this thing, and we're not really getting anything out of it that we yeah. should be getting out of it. You know? Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, but all in all, I said now after watching it again, maybe a six out of ten for me. Yeah. Uh, which is which is a standard sort of decom rating on IMDb. I'd say. Yeah, about six. Yeah, and this is the lowest you said, right? Four point four. So I mean, probably. I mean, I, this the pre- probably. Well, the previous lowest was uh, "You Lucky Dog," which was like the second decom that had like a four point eight. When it was cool to hate on High School Musical, that yeah. had like a really low. I mean, that still has a low rating. It's at a five point four. And that's a shame that it has like the that it's affecting the overall rating, which is one of the reasons why IMDb scores don't always necessarily mean what they're supposed to mean. Yeah. Because um, I mean, look at this. I mean, the Kim Possible one. It's clearly people are just going on there and rating it one star out of petty anger. Yeah, and that's why I created. I like I had created this uh, rating system out of a hundred because I'm like three and out of five stars or what or six out of ten stars like you like you get this one i mean that's because you realize like it's got a lot of problems and that's not you know it's it's a d right so they're rating a six out of ten as a good thing but it's a lot of times when it's it's that's not a good rating i don't think in my opinion that's above average you're seeing five as average yeah that's an f though what five out of ten that's an f well, I'm not doing this. I'm not thinking of the math. I'm just thinking of it like, okay, on a scale of one to ten, I'd say this is a six. <laughs> okay, I, I I see I see what you mean, but yeah, like a seven to me is like a B. So like a six would okay. be like a B minus or something. Okay, so like, and then okay, so and then so five you, is average. So that would be like C. So then in that, so okay, so then oh, so you're seeing like zero is like an F then, right? Like, yeah, that's like F. Okay, so you'd rate this like a B minus then the Kim Possible movie. I mean, maybe, maybe like C plus B. Okay, so then you and I yeah. have pretty much like the same rating because I did, I did mine B minus. Yeah, but what that very discrepancy alone shows like the problems with the IMDb ratings because some people see it as like a six out of ten as bad, some people see it as uh, a B minus. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so like that's already showing the flaw in the rating system. Or I mm-hmm. think like uh, actually having like an A through F system instead of like a stars system. I don't know. That's why I like the percentages on Rotten Tomatoes because I think that's a, a decent way of seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Also, we hit, we're over a thousand total downloads. Heck yeah. I'd like to thank my mom. I love the way I just threw this in there really quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, the by the way, we're over a thousand and I, downloads. And that's a big deal though. I mean, that should definitely be something that we tell tell our listeners that's cool i mean i can't believe we're doing this this is crazy i'm glad we did we're branching out and doing like this movie review and like hopefully mm-hmm. some other stuff i mean I, it's I, gonna be a it's gonna be another sucker to edit but i know well yeah because <laughs> we didn't really have any structure we've been talking for three hours yeah oh jeez. oh my gosh it's three hours seriously that's crazy but yeah we have officially 1057 downloads sweet which is amazing. It's so crazy to see a comma in there now. And that's just on Podbean. <laughs> like that's not even including like iTunes, right? Or podcast, Apple Podcast. No, Podbean I think shows everything. Oh, that's right. You said. Oh, that's right. You said um, that. Okay. But that's what I like about it though. So that's it's, cool. it's yeah. cool. Yeah, only 11 episodes and 1057 downloads. So it, it's so crazy how this is such a niche podcast, 
but like we've been able to find people that actually care. Yeah. Like I was I was saying like we're getting to the point where almost every episode has a hundred downloads. And so that's like for a hundred people or like maybe one person a few times yeah. uh, as well to download us talking about even Stevens. <laughs> that's like, that's a lot of people. Well, I mean, like, and I mean, this is also kind of like turning into a Disney Channel commentary, but in a good way, I think it is. I mean, because yeah. obviously it's all about even Stevens, but we're also it's contextualized within where the Disney Channel was then, where it is now, yeah. what it's mm-hmm. become. Um, and I think you need to really understand that context. It, yeah, obviously, like it's not turning into a Disney Channel commentary podcast, but it's necessary for us to talk yeah, about. It's it. necessary for us to talk about it. And I, I don't think we've strayed too far away from our, our original premise. So yeah, I think that might be everything for this. My God, we've it talked. It might for be everything. <laughs> three hours and ten minutes about this movie. There might be more we have to say later. <laughs> No, yeah, we, we got to wrap this up. But this was a fun conversation. It was yeah. a little all over the place. It's going to be a little difficult to edit, but, uh, but hey, it's if, worth it. If our two-hour <laughs> episode back in December is any indicator, people, I think, don't mind the the length, I guess. People are listening in the car. They'll feel like they're part of it because it's just yeah. like, oh, we're sitting next to you in the car just talking about Kim Possible movie. Just, oh, yeah. You guys are a fly on the wall right now. So, mm-hmm. or, and, and, no, yeah. And, I mean, I, I'm that way with the podcast I listen to. So Yeah, exactly. Me too. So, yeah, so I feel like cool. I, I like to feel like I'm just in in hanging out with these people while they're hang, having conversations and and stuff. So yeah, if people want to like tell us their opinions about the movie, I know there's uh, probably some people out there who really liked it. Um, yeah, let us know if you agreed with us, disagreed with us, or if we changed your mind, maybe even uh, by chance. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. So thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. Email even Stevens at gmail.com. Of course, all the socials. So we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. See ya.